Hello! Welcome and welcome back to True Story, Murder, Mystery and Mayhem. I'm your host, Ferdos. And I'm her mother. Who will remain unnamed. Tatea! <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You shall refer to her only as mother. <laughs> exactly. Like Norman Bates. Mother. <laughs> Although she was dead. Uh, yes. And you're, you're not dead. Not yet. <laughs> So um, I'd like to start off with an apology. We 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 mentioned in our on our Instagram that we were gonna go on an August long hiatus because some stuff came up, and I just couldn't. Uh, we just wouldn't have been able to uh, record and edit the podcasts uh, every week like we usually do, and that temporary August hiatus somehow morphed into a temporary August and September hiatus. <laughs> Not at all. We're actually early because the August hiatus was from August 2022 until August 2023. So my <laughs> daughter got it all done in one sixth the time. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way of, of, of spinning it. Thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, some some things, the, the some things just kept kept happening. Uh, in September, so but we're back and we're happy to be back. Uh, minus A, of course, because she's a traitor with homework. She's a traitor with homework. Yeah, like the rest of us don't have homework that we're avoiding by doing this. Only she doesn't believe in avoiding homework for some strange reason. I thought that's what you do with homework, right? Yeah, that that's literally what homework is. It's just avoiding it and then showing up looking guilty at school and copying off the one friend. Who did. <laughs> No, but when you show up to school is when you practice your people skills and get out of the situation that you landed in <laughs> by not doing, by appropriately avoiding your homework. You know what's funny is uh, when I was back in school, I went to a private school and they went by a demerit um, system. So if you did something bad or didn't do your homework or forgot your books or whatever or chewed gum in glass in glass. In glass. <laughs> Clearly, my mom's money went, <laughs> was well invested. Well, the chewing glass part made me perk up my ears, not gonna lie. Chewing gum. Talking back to teachers, etc., etc. Uh, they were all worth a certain number of demerits. And if you had finished the week with a certain number of demerits, you had to go home with extra homework and a signed slip um, that your parents had to sign. I've never signed a slip. Yeah. Did you sign my slip? <laughs> Okay, well, now that I'm 25 and I can tell you this. Still, there's I, no age statute of limitations no, oh, okay, on this. Then no, I have never signed them for you. Her face is bright red. <laughs> I say we shoot first and ask questions later. There may have been a couple. Just, just like two. <laughs> per week? No, 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 no. In my entire school career. So anyways, this is where uh, I make a mental note to send a letter to her private school <laughs> and get the goods. I'm sure there's still the same old teachers there. Probably. So anyways, not doing your homework was worth one demerit and forgetting your school supplies was worth two demerits. And yet reliably, every single time I didn't do my homework because I just didn't feel like it, I would tell the teacher that I forgot my school supplies, even though they were literally worth Double the demerits. <laughs> it's not that my math skills were bad. I knew this. I just thought that saying I didn't do my homework was more embarrassing than saying I forgot my school stuff. So my daughter believes that she should be properly punished when she is punished. 
like reverse people skills. <laughs> uh, anyways, that was a fun uh, trip down memory lane. And I'm glad I got to tell you about the forged signature slips. You haven't told me. You've told me you've never forged anything, right? Right. Of no, course. never. <laughs> I have a funny story for that too. But I'm sure our listeners don't want to hear that one. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners include me, by the way. I'm okay with it, not knowing. <laughs> it's all good. I turned out fine. I, until I hear the truth 20 years from now, right? <laughs> I did go to jail once. I'm joking. I'm but joking. That's your friend. <laughs> okay. So uh, we left off on our podcast. Finishing up France. Our last episode was about okay. the man who sold the Eiffel Tower. Which plot twist of the century is our best doing episode? Oh wow! Has the most downloads. Like up until lots of potential buyers. <laughs> lots of people want to buy the Eiffel Tower. Up until we released that episode, our best episode was, or our our episode that performed the best was our first one. Because, you know, which made sense. It was the yeah, oldest. Yeah, yeah. It has an interesting-ish title, Definitely. I'd like to think. You know, the healing kofta machine, what the fudge does that mean? But yeah, and then the, the man who sold the Eiffel Tower came in and... Excellent. So we left off talking about France. This week, we are talking about Mexico. Yay! Yay! I want food. There should be a buffet with these episodes. Do you want people to hear you eating, though? Because <laughs> You the... can feed me before or after. After? We can work on it. Okay. Okay. It's Lies. a business expense. <laughs> Darn right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's our first episode of the Mexico trilogy, which means it's a murder episode. Ooh. <laughs> so, we'll start this off with a trigger warning. Um, so Dark humor ahead. Potential dark humor ahead. And this episode uh, will contain mentions of uh, murder and rape. And sorry, I didn't. I usually write the trigger warnings down, so I remember, but I forgot to do it this time around. But uh, yeah, basically, what you need to know is there is murder, there is rape, and there is okay. some mention no cannibalism. Oh. Some mention of the, the the that's something that happens post necrophilia, not necrophilia. Oh. But like it's just now I'm curious. it's just a bit icky, icky, gross, oh. weird. Um, like nothing, no necrophilia, no nothing like that. But it is just, um, I guess, part of the serial killer's process. I don't know. So what I, I need to explain is that none of these things are funny, but our way of dealing with horrible things happening to good people who don't deserve it is humorous. So that should. Be part of the trigger warning. Part of the trigger, yes. If you're expecting a like very serious like documentary style approach to this, you're not gonna find it here because it would be too hard for us to do. We, yeah, we make we're a family who deals with uh, stuff everything with, with everything. Honestly, <laughs> it's really bad for the half of the family that doesn't deal with it, stuff like we that. Make, we deal but with for it most with of us, we do deal with humor. This is how we deal with things. It's so, a fair warning. Yes. Our warning to listeners. Okay, so um, <laughs> so I've decided after the the last murder episode, I've talked about that I am gonna do from now on my best not to mention killers by name as much as I can. Sometimes it might be a bit hard. This time it worked out. Uh, I think last time we talked about it was the murder of 
Renee Hartfelt. We were able to record the episode without mentioning the killer's name. So as much as possible, I want to try to keep that up. Sure. If that makes sense. Uh, don't want to glorify or romanticize or anything like that or give the killer any sort of power. We don't want to say his name. Yeah. Or often a him. Often a him. We don't want to give the, the person who commits these kind of acts um, that kind of power. Unless... You know, I'm down to shouting their name out if they're trying real hard to <laughs> bury the hatchet, if that makes sense. I'm very down to be like, oh, you want me never to mention your name again? Well, listen up while I scream it at the top of my lungs. But otherwise, I think I'm just going to try my best. If to- I ever get back to writing any of these episodes, I'm going to use an insulting nickname. <laughs> insulting nickname. That could be an option, too. There you go. <laughs> okay. So, today we're talking about the Mexican Ripper, otherwise known as, and I'm going to butcher this, Al Sh- <laughs> Well, butchering is appropriate, of course. Oh, oh mom! Okay, we warned it! It was a trigger no, warning! Okay. that was bad! That was bad! Okay. Otherwise known as El Sh- trying to say it like an Arabic and it's not Arabic, it's Spanish. The Mexican Ripper was Arabic? No. I'm Mexican, no, we are pot twist. <laughs> You're hearing you just it for really the liked first Mexican time. <laughs> okay. Otherwise known as, as Shalquero. I can't say it. Shalquero. I'm just going to say it like a white person. I'm sorry. So It's a small word. Mexican Ripper. not white either. Mexican Ripper, otherwise known as, as Shalquero. <laughs> Sounds wrong even to me. How would you say it? Shalikero? Shalikero? How does Google say it? Did you ask Google I to say it? I did not ask Google to say it. Please hold. Hello? Can I hear something? No? Oh. You have voice. Shalikero. What? Shalikero. Shalikero. Okay. Whatever. Not going to be mentioning that name a lot. There <laughs> just, we go. Just an in-passing thing. So, a uh, Mexican Ripper is... Also the first recorded serial killer in the history of Mexico. So we're not too sure where the nickname Chalequero came from, but there are two theories. One is that he was nicknamed so because he always wore extravagant clothing, including vests, which... um, What is the meaning of the word Chalequero? According to Google, vest Vest maker. maker. And the other theory is that the word refers to a Spanish expression... A puro chaleco, which means, according to Wikipedia, that he made a sexual victim of any woman that he felt attracted to, whether they liked it or not. So this is a has a, this story has an extra layer of spookiness to it because it happened around the same time Jack the Ripper was going through his killing spree, which is why this guy's called. They were twins. They're not- <laughs> what? No. Oh. I'm That's sorry, I thought this was you were good. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can't say for definitive, like definitively they weren't. I just really don't think they were. Got it. But they uh, both were killing at around the same time, like across continents. And they had similar MOs in that they both killed sex workers. The the Mexican Ripper killed more than 20 women in Mexico City from 1880 and 1908. Criminologists have also theorized that these two killers had the same 
motivations for follow like for killing these women. Maybe it was a generational thing. But I don't know, generational thing in different cultures? Would that still apply? Because it's not like they're in the same area. <laughs> well, European culture. So maybe he was a white man living in Mexico. No, I, I'm pretty okay. sure he was Mexican. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> I mean, it's a good theory, but I, he was... I'll wait and get some more to wildly theorize <laughs> off of. Um, so they had the same motivations for the murders, which was a hatred for women who had, in their eyes, a sinful occupation. Uh, but unlike Jack the Ripper, the Mexican Ripper really didn't try to hide his identity, which is what would ultimately lead to his arrest. He was arrested! He was arrested. That's why Jack the Ripper disappeared from Europe. They were the same guy. But they were killing at the same time. I see. <laughs> same days? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure it took quite... Back in 1880, it took quite a bit to travel from Mexico to England. I don't I think see. this is a trip... He could just make... There were the aliens the involved. Oh my god, we figured it out, guys. <laughs> we, 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 we figured it out. Please oh cred- give us appropriate credit when Netflix, quoting get back I to us. Fear. <laughs> so, a little bit more about, um, about this guy. Uh, his childhood was marked by poverty and abuse from his mother. She would apparently often beat him and suffocate him. Oh, I should have mentioned this. Sorry. Slight to regard. Honestly, this is the only point where I mentioned some child abuse. So, so yeah, sorry. This is why I write things down. <laughs> sorry. Um, so yeah, she would apparently often beat him and suffocate him. And his father was not present in his life. When he was 22, he moved to Mexico City where he married a woman and had four children with her. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would claim he was a devout Catholic. Devout Catholic who murders people. No biggie. You know, just regular this old delicious guy. Going. Um, so yeah, he claimed he was a devout Catholic, but he was very misogynistic. And it, it was no secret at the time that he fathered many other children with mistresses. So I don't know what kind of devout Catholic he was. <laughs> but he didn't... <laughs> Rules for thee, not for me, applies a little bit too well in this context. Well, he wasn't sexually repressed in the conventional way of thinking of it. He seems to be somewhat sexually incontinent, as a matter of fact. What does that mean, incontinent? Like, he can't keep it in his pants. Embroidered, decorated, or otherwise. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's... Accurate enough. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's just a little bit about him. Uh, fast forward now to October 18th, 1887, which if you remember the timeline I gave you of when the murders happened was really towards the end of it. On that day, the body of a 40-year-old woman was found in the Consulado River. Her throat was slit and it looked like she was brutally assaulted. How old would he have been by this time? Sorry, um, if his victim he... was 40 years old, how old was he? Oh, shoot. I didn't write when he was born. Please hold while Hence I Google. the aliens. <laughs> Just because people usually pick victims that are well, a similar the age, age. Well, no. No. Yeah. But the ages, the comparative ages is one aspect of information. Right. Um, so he was born in 1840. So at the time, he would have been around 47 years old. 47. Yeah. So a, a victim a little bit younger, but not like 
extravagantly yeah, younger. Yeah, not a whole lot long, uh, younger. Her body was found in rough shape. The police start talking to locals and they find out that she worked as a sex worker and that she was not the first body that locals have seen um, in the river. In fact, there were many women that were found either strangled or with their necks slashed and all of them were found in that river. And this has been happening for the last seven years. <laughs> oh, wow. Long time. Just two months seven later. Seven years. So starting when he turned 40, if you're saying that yeah. he did the... If we're saying that's when so he started. Kind of late. Yeah, if that's when he started. Kind of late to go off the Could be end. that he started before then, and these are just... Just used a different river. That's also possible, yeah. Um... Uh, let's see. Where's my note? A river. Hmm. Keep going. So, just two months later, another body was found in an almost identical state as that of the 40-year-old. Um, a member of the neighborhood told police exactly who was responsible for the murders. And at that point, this man, the Mexican Ripper, was already known in the community, especially to the women who were sex workers, that this guy was dangerous. He was bad news. Big red flag. Do not Do <laughs> go not. near him. <laughs> and that he was possibly a serial killer than the man who was, in fact, killing all these bodies that they were seeing in the river. Those poor women. But despite their fears, they never felt comfortable enough to go to authorities about this because they were worried that they'd get arrested because of their line of work. And again, the Mexican Ripper really did not make an effort to hide what he was doing. For one thing, he apparently openly bragged about his murders to people. And for another, the serial killer, like, moniker, nickname that he earned? I don't know if that's the right word to use. But the serial killer name that he got from wearing vests did not even deter him from not wearing vests. He wasn't scared vests. that he had been fingered, so to speak. And if he'd been doing it for seven years, then I guess he had reason. Maybe he only got that sloppy as the years went by and the poor victims piled up. Yeah. And nothing happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Like, at that, I guess at that point he was feeling... Pretty, what's the word I'm looking Invo for? Pretty invulnerable, pretty bulletproof. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like confident that he's not gonna, that if they would have said something, they would have if said something If they were going to arrest him, they, yeah. they would have done so. Uh, quick question, mm -hmm. did he have any kind of position of authority? Did he feel, no, just random Joe person? Apparently, he owned a shoemaker business so pretty random occupation mm. yeah no didn't i don't think had um shoemakers yeah it's gonna come up in a second <laughs> no not in a good way oh dear <laughs> <Two> trophy <laughs> so um so how would this man murder his victims? He would approach them under the pretext of hiring them. And when he would get them alone, he would threaten them, rape them, and then either strangle them or slit their throats. And sometimes he would also go through the extra step of decapitating them. And apparently, and this is the sketchy part that I didn't know how to describe in my trigger warning, 
he would then, apparently, because I only saw this in like, when I think it was Wikipedia, and I didn't see it in any of the other websites, so I don't know how true this is, but it was there, so I'm just going to say it, but maybe take it with a grain of salt. Um, but he would apparently skin the victims and then use the skin in his shoemaker business, apparently. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Holy moly. Uh, yeah. That was, I was like, that, that, I know. And, and that was... Of course, we wouldn't know what he used that skin for, whether these were like kind of a prank on the next prim little old lady who came to get shoes from him or whether these were for special Ooh, shoes. Yeah, I know. can tell okay. you. Hmm. It, was, it was just literally this one point and I'm like, you're just going to leap at that? No. <laughs> no proof? No. Just not <laughs> it was, shoots my mom perfectly fine, apparently. Hmm. After all of that, after all that business and potential business, um, he would then throw the body into the Consolado River where they would be found um, at some point. So the murders went on from 1880 to 1888 and he would end up killing 20 women. Just as... um, 20 women, holy. uh, Just as an uh, observation, Mm -hmm. I believe that uh, skin may slough off in water depending on the degree of decay. So this might... Influence that. whether I don't know if they could tell back then if the woman had gone into the water without skin mm. or whether the skin had sloughed off as part of the decomposition uh, process. I, I hope that wasn't in fact something that happened. I don't know. Hmm. I think the source that um, because if it did happen, this would uh, shift from a coherent killing to mm-hmm. something a little more murky. Yeah, coherent killing. I don't yeah, know. not that any murder is really coherent, but <laughs> no, just but like mean, uh, uh, an mo that's uh, that in their heads makes sense. Like that doesn't necessarily make sense to the average person, but to it, it the person tre- committing them uses an element of kinkiness that mm. is. Uh, I mean, di- I different. <sighs> okay, so he was finally. Oh no, sorry. My my tablet was like, you're taking too long to... <laughs> the tablet got bored. <laughs> so, uh, he was finally arrested February 13th, 1888, after several neighbors told the detective that they last saw one of the victims from early 1888 uh, named Mercia with the Vesguy. When he was arrested, Vesguy swore up and down that he was not responsible for the murders, even though to that point he had no problem <laughs> telling everyone who would listen how he was responsible when for all he the was deaths. sober or when he was drunk he'd walk up to tell his random friends and say oh by the way number 30 went last night something <laughs> like that or couldn't tell, couldn't tell you <laughs> i mean happened. it was back in 1880 that was a while ago <laughs> it was a while it was a while back however he did tell authorities that his favorite book was the mysteries of paris oh right what sort of book is that? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so at first I didn't think anything of it, but I took a look of, at what this book was, uh, which is a serial novel that was released in 90 parts that, you know, like yes. a la Sherlock Holmes, uh-huh, like uh, every uh-huh, week uh-huh. there'd yep, be yep, a yep. new chapter type of thing. And at first it might seem just like a regular mystery series set in a like busy city, you know, someone, the hero, solves these Mysteries. weird cases. Yes. 
but I was reading a bit more about the main character of the series, who is, this is set in Paris, so I imagine this is a French name, so I'll pronounce it French, even though it doesn't feel French. Rodolphe. <laughs> who is Who is actually, oh. Duh, if I kept reading. It's supposed to be German, actually. Of course, I was about to say that's an Austrian or German kind of name. That's my bad, that's my bad. Um, who is actually royalty, the Grand Duke of Gerolstein. Which there was is, a lot of royalty in Germany. Well, yeah, but this is a fictional Grand Duchy of Germany. So fictional character and a fictional duchy. But that was kind of like what, who the hero was. So he's he is this like royalty German royalty, but he disguises himself as a regular Parisian worker. Mm. And this guy is kind of like the ideal hero. He's smart, he's strong, he's a good fighter, he is kind to everyone, no matter their social status. He has good judgment, a brilliant mind. You know, like a Sherlock Holmes with people skills. <laughs> you know, like just... <laughs> well, we Which, should have lots of movies around that guy. We should, honestly. Let's, let's, so, Hollywood, so- let's get on that. Come on now. I'm going to quote this because I didn't know how to like paraphrase it, but um, the, the, the Wikipedia page mentioned he can navigate all layers of society in order to understand their problems and to understand how the different social classes are linked. And so I read this and I started wondering if dear old vest guy there fancied himself a Rodolf <laughs> or, you know, someone a who navigator. can see society's problems and fix them and for him those problems clearly was sex and sex workers so you're saying that one possible reason why he wasn't bashful about talking about murdering sex trade workers was because he felt that he was doing society a service service, yeah hmm like these people were wrong and i wonder if this comes from us like from our earlier discussion like uh sense of like oh god what sort i'm looking for like where he sort of has the self-guilt because he clearly can't keep it in his pants mm-hmm. but instead of just looking inwardly and maybe it's their fault it's their fault i see possibly <laughs> yeah i <laughs> mean it's, it's hard but like i can we can only guess like none of yep, this is yep, yep. but yeah anyways so the serial novel puts a very clear distinction between what is good and what is evil which Rea- in reality, isn't necessarily yes. very so clear cut, yep. but maybe best guy thinks that this that they asked him what what was his favorite book. I don't <laughs> think they did. I think oh. he just volunteered that information. I see. I see. I see. <laughs> He's I like, guess. no, no, no. I would not kill. My favorite book is Mysteries in Paris, and my favorite food is <laughs> is something very ordinary. <laughs> I'm just like you. I'm just like you guys. <laughs> So, back to the case. After Vesguy was arrested, a new complaint was filed against him by a woman, Emilia, who said that he raped her by the Consolado River and left her for dead. I'm glad she survived. Yeah. Yeah. One of the few people who... Survived. Survives. That we know of, again. Um, So, the military regime at the time really tried to censor any news reports about the crimes... And I guess that's because it just didn't make them and their police look good that this serial killer has been killing in practically broad daylight at that point and wasn't caught for eight years. Well, he wasn't even looked at for for eight years. (laughs) Like, it wasn't even a, oh, we have a serial killer that we can't find for eight years. It was a... He was killing invisible members of society. (laughs) 
<laughs> so despite their attempts, though, uh, the military regime, that is, the case kept growing and growing until it became known all throughout the country. Uh, he was only tried, unfortunately, for the murder of Mercia and the attack on Emilia because police couldn't conclusively tie him to the other murders. Really? Yeah. Well, uh, again, they didn't know they had a serial killer on their hands. I don't think they were... That's very strange. They were report... I don't think they were keeping a report on all these sex workers that were winding up dead in the river. And yet you'd think that that these women, they had family, they had partners, they had maybe children. Um, they had people who would notice. They ha- I'm sure they had people who noticed. It's just that, they that weren't those around anymore. Oh, or maybe those people just didn't feel comfortable. Going to the police. Going to the police. Hmm. So at the end of the trial, he was sentenced to death, but then... Oh, no, there's a then? Oh, there's a then. Oh, Lord. In a surprising plot twist. The president of Mexico himself... Pardoned him? Porfirio Diaz reduced his sentence from a death sentence to 20 years of imprisonment instead because because i don't know i guess he took pity on him pity <laughs> on him i'll tell you because what about all the, their victims screw them right they who cares about them was he really someone who navigated a lot of layers of society did he know anything about this president hashtag blackmail oh i wonder wikipedia did not mention nor did the other websites i looked at that's very strange mm. So, but then in 1904, 16 years after his sentence began... His, he died? His papers were ah. accidentally added to a pile that granted prisoners clemency. Oh, my God. I don't know how this happens. I don't he know how this happens. Out? He was released four years earlier than was planned. And he just lived his life? No. Oh, good. Four years after his release, unfortunately... Four years? He got to walk around and eat food for four years? For four years. He strikes again murdering an elderly woman named Antonia. Her throat was also slit and her body jumped in the Consolado River as his MO has always been. This time, though, it was different. There was a witness to the murder. A young shepherd was herding cattle nearby when he heard a woman screaming. He hid behind some bushes and was actually able to watch the whole thing happening. Oh, the poor man. Yeah, that's very um, traumatizing stuff. <laughs> Other witnesses included two w- sisters who saw Vesguy washing his arms and face and and I think his, his throats on the riverbank close to the location of the murder. And there was also a reporter who had covered the original murders that noticed the similarities between Antonia's murder and the original murders and told authorities right away when they made the connection. Something else to note was that in that same year, in 1908, one of the victims who was able to survive the attack, uh, one of the, like, or, like the uh, the victims from that 1880 to 1888 period, um, survived an attack, wrote a report about it, and she said she met the killer near railroad tracks in the neighborhood. He asked her for a light for his cigarette, and when she got close enough to him, he pulled out a knife and threatened her and forced her to go with him to a secluded area. She was able to escape by telling him she needed to pick up some money. I'm not too sure how that worked. I don't know if he was like, oh, sure, I'll rob you too while we're at it. <laughs> but um, but she was able to escape. 
But unfortunately, two months later, she comes across him again. Oh, the poor woman. And yeah, no, I'm like, oh my god. How? I guess it must have been not a big city. I guess not. Relatively. But, yeah. This time she was not able to escape him. He dragged her to a cave far from town, raped her and tortured her for two days. And then she was able to escape after those two days. I forgot how much I dislike him. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, God. All right. I'm sorry. She was able to escape after those two days when the killer left the cave to buy some alcohol. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Very chaotic. Yes. <laughs> Too chaotic. No, it's, it's like an alternative domestic setup. <laughs> like uh, a second wife in a very weird way you just wait dear i'll go get some groceries i mean what or not oh yeah <laughs> i'll just you just wait dear i'll go get some groceries that's this is <laughs> different so uh this guy was arrested again june 13th 1908 and when he was asked why he murdered antonia his answer was because she angered him well, she was, uh, I guess that she wasn't a, a sex trade no. worker. At the, I mean, she's I in her no. 70s, it would, right? It uh, was she a, was elderly. I don't know her age, well, but she was, she was older. I think they just got into an argument and he killed her, got angry at her and killed her. Yeah. So Straight he went through a trial again for the murder of Antonia. <laughs> 2,000 people attended the trial to watch <laughs> and he was found guilty and once again sentenced to death. And no one actually intervened this time. <laughs> he was transferred to a prison while waiting for his ex- execution. And he apparently spent his time reading Paul et Virginie, another book that criticizes social class divisions. Oh, Lord God. I know. I'm like, what is up with you? <laughs> he never lived to see his ex- execution, though, because he died November 1910 at the age of 70 years old. He was 70 when he killed the little old lady. Um, 68. He was 68 when he killed her. Mm-hmm. It took them two years to execute him. <laughs> he did, he did, no, because he didn't even live that. He literally just died before his execution. I don't know how many people they had to execute, but... They were backed up. There was a waiting list. <laughs> there was a waiting list. He was found unconscious. Or maybe they were like, ah, you're old. You'll kick the bucket. We're not going to waste more time on this you. This is weird. It's, it's kind of strange. He was found unconscious in his cell, was taken to a hospital, but never regained consciousness at that point. Which, I know I'm going to sound mean, but like, if maybe, he's passed out, just leave him there. <laughs> Why take him to a hospital? His, maybe a family member of one of the dead people managed to meet him. <laughs> so we're not too sure what the cause of death was. Some say it was tuberculosis. Some say from typhoid. Others say a contusion that he suffered after an accident. I've even seen one website say it was a cerebral thromboembolism. <laughs> thromboembolism. Thromboembolism. Yes, thank you. My mother, the meds. <laughs> um, but yeah, we don't actually know how he died. It doesn't quite matter how he died. He died, unfortunately. Should have died sooner. Yeah. Could have spared Antonia. Well, many women. A lot of women. Yeah, agreed. So I take back my assertion that this is the Ripper because the English Ripper was much more disorganized elements of, from what I recall. Yes. It was a lot more disorganized than this guy? Uh, Yes. Oh. Well, from what I recall, I didn't review him, but from what I recall, (laughs) there was a lot of fidget fidgeting with the body there it was disorganized in that it was wherever it was in the street it wasn't something that 
the killings weren't weren't some of them were very rushed some of them had like exploration of the woman's cadaver afterwards I can't remember whether there were any elements of cannibalism. They were in a spree. And not like this. This this sounds a lot more like the very rare serial killer who actually has what looks like a normal life from the outside. Yeah. Marriage, children. Was it the BTK killer in America that, that had um, like a family and a daughter and people and, uh, and, sure. and like a... Worked in a church, I think, and and had like this whole okay looking life. <laughs> I can't. Very few serial killers, but some of them do, and this falls more like in that the sort of. I think person. a lot of serial killers have end up being like having a normal ish life from the outside because isn't it always not always, but a lot of times people being like like neighbors or friends being like. I had no idea. He seemed like such a nice guy. I guess I don't know. I guess we're we're also dealing with a subdivision of serial killers who are caught. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. But this man, so if we say that he only started killing when he was 40, mm-hmm. that's kind of weird. That is pretty late. Because why would he start then? There so- wasn't a mention of like a particularly like violent past like a like abuse towards women that i know unless of. he just moved into that city or that village when he was 40 yeah and we yeah, need yeah. to like go back to where he lived before then uh, sometimes it's misplaced anger did his mother die when he was 40 mm. uh did his wife finally get enough of his cheating ways i don't know I uh don't know. sometimes it's misplaced anger when he went home after he accidentally got released, because, you know, that just happens all the time. <laughs> Did he go home to his wife and his kids? <laughs> I, uh, Awkward so, family reunion. Four years, right? <laughs> and that's four whole years. Four whole years where apparently, I mean, he didn't kill anyone. I mean, keep in mind that at the time he would have been 64. Not a lot of 64-year-olds. Yeah killers out there well not saying they don't, don't exist start just saying when they're 40 either this is unusual because when you talk about the woman who was kept in a cave yeah and then he left her to get alcohol, alcohol. it's almost and before that it was mistresses it's almost like some it's almost like they become at some point some particularly disposable mistresses as opposed to the um the serial killer that's in and out like the English Ripper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, sorry. It's a, these these episodes are always the more depressing episodes. <laughs> obviously, I our mystery and mad at him. I know. I mean, it's very easy to get angry at all the murder a about all the murders we talk about. But I mean, for me, this is a nice release like i feel the emotions i feel <laughs> when i'm like reading and writing my notes and then like saying it out loud is a little bit it gets that out of your mind yeah. and into the microphone <laughs> I, I guess the only other thing i would wonder about because we're wondering about how nobody bothered to point out that these women that he was killing were disappearing 
The only other thing is if the women were native. Native to the Mexico. city? Or? Mexican natives, yeah. like indigenous peoples. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because maybe the the authorities the were authorities Spanish. Don't care as and much. so long as he wasn't killing the upper classes, right. then they were only basically there to enforce the law for certain individuals. Right, right, right. That's, that is a possibility. Be- because sex trade workers are always relatively powerless, but even more so when there are racial lim- segregations mm-hmm. reinforcing their their disadvantaged socioeconomic level. Yeah. Agreed. That's true. I didn't think of it from a racial point of view, but that is a, a strong possibility. I was just looking at it from a, well, clearly, like, it's the 1880s. The authorities don't care about about sex workers. They're the people you don't talk about. They're the, here, they don't. They're not a part of society. Here in Canada, much more recently, a serial killer was able to keep killing uh, sex trade workers because they were native, mm. and that was part of the so that's layers. <laughs> yeah. Of how hard it was to get people's attention for yeah. his victims. Because from one side, they're sex workers, and there's always a stigma around that. And then Canada has never been very kind to its indigenous most people. Of, most, of, most of North America has yeah. never been very oh, kind Oh, I mean, to that's true. People. But I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm saying Canada specifically because I live here. So I know a little bit more about it than I would for other countries. Well, the the good thing is that he has gone past <laughs> the ability of any president <laughs> to protect him. Uh, that was wild to me. I'm like, really? Him? And that's what made me think that. of uh, whether there was a racial layer yeah. <laughs> to everything. Oh, like he was... Spanish or uh, the upper the, layer, and this whole thing about uh, reading about people who move through layers of yeah, because you see class. exactly because you see a, a sex trade worker from a different race would have been doubly intriguing to this guy, doubly forbidding. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> doubly forbidding. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not uh, gonna pretend to know it. Yeah, who wants to know what? (laughs) But anyway, I take it back. Never mind. We have to look for signs of aliens somewhere else. (laughs) Don't worry, your mom will find them for you. (laughs) Okay, so as we usually do at the end of these episodes, kind of leave on a a not always so depressing note. We're going to go on our country generator. And I thought you said there'd be Mexican food. That would really help my depression. That would, wouldn't it? Okay, let's you skip the dishes. I'm sure it's only 10 p.m. I'm sure there's some Mexican restaurants open. Okay, so random country generator. We'll figure out what which country we're talking about after we're done uh, talking about Mexico. Namibia. Does that exist? Nambia. I have no idea. (laughs) Okay, random country. Ready? Costa Rica. All right. Field trip. (laughs) 
a bigger budget for these we podcasts. do don't we i mean it's we okay, can't all have mexican budget. food now <laughs> okay so costa rica's next after um more beaches Mexico. beaches always turn people murderous do they in our podcast in our do. podcast <laughs> they do uh, all right cool so um yeah thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week for an episode of mystery mystery aliens that's when the aliens come in you you want aliens for that one i'm i'm sure alien i mean everybody goes to mexico i'm sure the aliens go to mexico (laughs) i'm sure we can find something space aliens space aliens (laughs) hey maya maya astics astics maya yes Totally space aliens. I I am sure that's true, actually. There you go. Because humans refuse to believe that other humans could have built cute, cool stuff. Well, it's even cooler if it's space space aliens. (laughs) All right. Okay, cool. So we'll see you guys next week. Fingers crossed. Yes. Bye. It depends on whether there's Mexican food or not. <laughs> My mom expects Mexican food for every uh, end of the episode. Yes. <laughs> We're going to have be so tired of tacos by the end of it. Try me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.